Hello. Hi there, everyone. How's it going? It's going well. I'm seeing if our orange slice. That's such an interesting tone. <laughs> Ow! Ah! I'm sorry. Our kitty has an orange slice around his neck. Not a real one. A plush one. To stop him from licking his butt. And I wanted him to have an intro on the podcast. It's more to stop him from licking his legs. Yeah, I like to say his butthole. He's licking all the hair off of his butthole. (laughs) Good, there shouldn't be any hair on anyone's butthole. Can you actually turn me down a little bit? It's very loud. Thanks. I think everyone's butthole should have enough to be able to braid it. (laughs) On the actual hole where the poop comes out. (laughs) Yeah. So you're saying that you think that you should constantly be picking poop out of hair? No. I think we should use it to braid it. Kind of dreadlock it. Uh, so bury it, baby. This is an awful conversation I have created. You have created this. <laughs> this is all you. <laughs> this is somebody's first episode. They're like, I'm out of here. This, this is, is all, all they're going to talk about is poop hair? This is not all we're going to talk about, <laughs> but it's definitely on the table. Everything is on the table. Everything is available, except for knowledge most of the time. we False you, knowledge. <laughs> Well, half of the country's okay with that. Hey! <laughs> Hello! Welcome to Couple of Critics Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Sam. And we are a review podcast. We're a couple of people who got married a while ago. So you can call us a couple in a couple different ways. And uh, we have a review podcast where we share music and uh, movies, TV and more with each other. And talk it's about it. We review it. We talk about it. We give our opinions. We listen to it. Exactly. Opinions. Keep that in mind, people. And I'm going to contradict myself a lot, especially if you go back and listen to older episodes. It's funny that you stress the word opinion so much because nowadays, opinion nowadays. is taken as fact for a lot of people. It should not be. It's just my opinion, and it sways back and forth. I think everyone's opinion has a tendency to sway back and forth. Some people, some people are just like, this is what I believe. I'm not changing anything. I have a very deep voice. People with very deep voices are set in their own ways, typically. That's like, it can be admirable in a way when you're like, no, I stuck to my guns. When it was like, right? But it's not admirable in a way when you refute fact and knowledge in front of your face. And you just go, nah. And you just suddenly start doubting professionals. It's weird. Oh, that drives me crazy. We live in a weird day and age. (laughs) It's very odd. But... Again, we're not here to necessarily pick apart uh, the country and review the country. Oh, no. Not at all. I'm not giving any sort of rating on that because I don't need people pretending that (laughs) because I say one thing that I mean this or that. So I'll just say, (laughs) cool dudes, let's move along, bro. It's totally tubular. Totally tubular. You're bringing it back. I really think that Totally Tubular should have never... I don't think it ever makes sense in the sense that you would say it. That's Totally Tubular. Unless, like you said, unless you're... Looking at a tube? Unless you're like a pipesman. <laughs> Hello, I'm a pipesman. It doesn't make sense to me. And might I say, your pipes are quite tubular. Because <laughs> that's totally tubular. That makes sense. But to oh. be like, yeah, bro, it's totally tubular. Got a theory. I have a theory. Okay. It probably came out of surf culture. And when you surf, it becomes like a tube. 
And if you can be like, dude, that wave was totally tubular. So then people just started saying it in ways that didn't I guess, make sense. Yeah. I guess. Like rad that came out of space. That's all in the same world. Rad and tubular. Righteous. Remember people would be like, dude, righteous. Far <laughs> out, bro. Far out, dude. See, I'm even doing the shaka, bro. The little, I don't know the fuck. Shaka? Is that the right? Is that shaka Khan. That's what I was going with. Shaka Khan's my go-to word. It's a really good name. It is. It's been a name I've been obsessed with for a long time. <laughs> Especially when there is a song that exists that immediately starts with Shaka Khan, let me rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Even though I kind of you know flubbed up a little bit in there, my mouth did a weird did, thing, but did, things happen. Didn't Rufus Wainwright work with Shaka Khan? Oh, yeah, quite a <laughs> lot. I don't think that Rufus had a last name. Oh. I think it was just Rufus. That wasn't Wainwright? Of course not. Oh, geez. He would have been nothing but a baby boy at the time. Hey, Orange Slice Cat. God damn, he was scratching on the walls. No no fucking respect. (laughs) No, he's a... We're like a regular Rodney Dangerfield, and these cats are like his wife. Is that who didn't respect him? I thought no one respected him. (laughs) I don't know who. Were those just stories about the old bag at home? He talked about his wife a lot, like sleeping around on him. Jesus. I don't remember this. He, it was he didn't talk. It was a one liner, as you know. It'd be like, "Ah, oh, my wife." He'd be like, "Hey, my wife has sex three hundred sixty times a year. Of course, I only have it twice." <laughs> uh huh. Things like that. Yeah. And then he did you see me do? The, I did the tie thing. You got to do the tie thing when you're Rodney in it. Do you think all of his, especially shirts when were you're wearing a t-shirt, you should definitely <laughs> do the tie thing. All of his shirts were stretched at the collar because he tugged on them all the time. Hey, you can see my balls. All right, you can tip your ball. You can dip your balls in it. So what we're doing this week is it's a Michelle week. So that's me. Hi, I'm Michelle. Hey, how you doing? I think I said that already. I think you did. And I've known you for a long time now, so you didn't have since to introduce yourself. We were but children. We were but children. <laughs> we were but children, and uh, we met each other when we were very young in school. We grew up together. I remember the first day I saw you on the first grade playground. That's not true. You had a soccer ball, and you said, look at my soccer ball. And you threw it, and a man with the initials of D.E.B. came up and stabbed it with a mechanical pencil, and then he clicked it to make sure the lead went in further. When this I say is a DB, completely made-up story. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. The, I don't remember you. D.B. is the same person I fucking punched in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's who it was. I don't remember my first like memory of you. I have memories no. of you in school, but I can't be like, no. I remember when Michelle turned the corner and there she was. No, because we were but children. We were but children. At the time. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to even go yeah, there. I assume you there. remember the first time you saw me in my glorious aura. Hi, mailman. Uh. Looking like a dinosaur child. Oh, I did look like a little pterodactyl boy. I don't. What is that? It was just because you were. Oh, I was pale, mm-hmm. thin, mm-hmm. very pale, very like translucent, kind of veiny looking. You know, where you can see the blue, very orange, beady eyes. Yeah, I was. the The good thing about my life is, as I get older, I'm going to get. Look, I'm going to look better and better and better until I hit like, you know, downgrade age. But I'm hoping like 48. 
aren't you lucky? I'm already in downgrade age. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there for a little bit. Well, I could be your little diamond gem on your arm when I'm 48. It's funny that I, I posted a picture not that long ago on Facebook and, you know, social medias, and it had a Snapchat filter. And there were people who were like, oh, my God, your skin is glowing. Oh, my God, you haven't aged a day. And it's like, you guys know how the Internet works, right? (laughs) This is ridiculous. My skin does not look the same as it did when I was in fucking eighth grade. No one's does. No one's does. Shut up, Sam. (laughs) You have nothing to even finish it up with. All you were going to do was slow things down. You know what, I like to, take it nowhere. I don't ever really post anything social media anymore. But when I did, and it was a picture of me, I tended to like it make to make it look worse. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? That's what I do with a lot of my posts and stuff. <laughs> I make my double chin like really show, or I talk about something <laughs> disgusting. You know that fucking mailman that came by? Guaranteed, yeah. it smells. So he's like, "Look at there, here are these kids, and it smells, and there are." Uh, it smells like what? <laughs> What do you think, stupid? <laughs> and we're sitting here, you know, TikToking, just chatting with each other with microphones on front of our faces. You just calling Quinn to me. <laughs> he called me stupid. I've been listening to so. Oh God, I just keep going deeper and deeper into like the New York comedians. I love it so much. Now, as you They're listen so to, mean. Like, things like old Opie and Anthony. Are you like Jesus Christ? The things that they, the entitled things that they are saying. Oh yeah, and- sometimes. <laughs> and sometimes you can tell that. Like I listened to something earlier where this lady called in. She was like, "You guys are racist," and they they dug in so hard on the phone with her. They're like, "What are you talking about? We gave you this," and like just going like. <laughs> Digging so hard and like just making their case sound even worse. <laughs> yes, and stuff like that would just not fly at all these days. But oh, but Anthony would still say it. Anthony would. <laughs> but it's still funny, and it still does feel of the time. It almost feels reminiscent of like when we were growing up, even though I wasn't of age to be listening to stuff like that. Like it was before my time. But being able to go back and hear it and just be like, yeah, that sounds like how people talked at that time. It was. And I think it's how a lot of people still talk in private. Mm-hmm. Especially around this area. Well, listening to old Opie and Anthony, and then I listened to the most recent Jim and Sam episode, some guy called in and w- argued and yelled at Jim Norton, argued with and ar- yelled at Jim Norton for like 30 to 40 minutes. And it was the best. <laughs> and he, he dropped an F-bomb in there. Not fuck. The F-bomb that people aren't oh, allowed to say anymore. Fejo. Fejo. <laughs> and you're talking about so yeah there are definitely people who still talk like that <laughs> for oh, sure like i work at a fucking a car place a car place in the middle of bumfuck indiana mm-hmm. i am here to tell you bumfuck I don't southern talk indiana like i don't support this i also don't argue with them because there's no fucking point mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just gonna make everything worse you're not gonna change their minds they're not gonna change my mind I hear things all the time. In fact, a guy just became a cop. <laughs> oh, God. And I know the things that he said, including, well, I'm not completely racist, but, which, <sighs> so there you go, folks. <laughs> if someone says they're not completely racist, but it doesn't matter. You just said, I'm racist, period. I'm not completely racist, but I'm mostly. <laughs> well, and I even said recently, 
I know that I have the reputation of being the most racist person on this podcast. <laughs> and I do. I think everyone does have prejudices, especially being, and I'll say, you know, I'll put myself in check, being from a town in southern Indiana that has almost no one who's not white. Yes. Yeah, the, the population is almost entirely white. There's less than 10 black people in this town, I would say. And it's for me, it's just lack of exposure. So, and, and hearing racist stuff so much and always being against it. Okay. And still just, uh, just having things pop in my head that I'm just like, well, what about this? And I'm like, no, that's not the case. But it's, <laughs> there's just always this, it's like my grandpa never fully died. His racist ass is still in my His head like and head being like, yeah. And he's like, well, what about this? And I'm like, well, that person probably doesn't know about this and it's like what are you talking about they probably know more about this than me so there is something in my head that will say things but i fight it constantly because i know it's wrong well that's the good thing it's like sure your brain it hears it but it goes hey dumb fuck that's not how the world works (laughs) yeah so i mean i think we all do have our own prejudices it's just whether or not you recognize it and what you do with it some people will still say things that are really awful and they believe it and that's just who they are uh i don't believe it i've just it's been ingrained in me growing up and hearing it you know people say things all the time and even being in this area it's almost just like hearing something that triggers like a song in your brain or a phrase in your brain like a quote from a movie Mm-hmm. It just triggers the same way, like, oh, I heard this growing up, and that just clicked in my brain, and then I was repulsed then when I heard it, and now I'm repulsed now, and I know it's wrong, but it still popped into my head, but... But I'm still... But then there's a little bit of self-disgust, because it's like, why is this popping in <laughs> my head? Pop in your head, <laughs> but hey... It sucks, and it sucks, and it's not like I... And it's not really super hateful stuff. It's more just ignorant things. It's not just like, you can't do that because you're this. It's just like, well, I mean, is that what you, whatever? Because it's more like, I don't fucking know. I'm not around. And then it's me. It's my childlike stupid questioning. Just And then being like, no, you fucking idiot. I, and I always have to say, like, these people are, like, probably smarter and more successful and, like, harder working than you, Michelle. So, like, yeah, it's like <laughs> who are I, you? I always thought Asians never slept. And it turns out they sleep. They do, but it's I couldn't ups- believe it. But it's upside down, God so all of the blood will run to their head, and it keeps them really smart. There's something about head blood and mathematics. Head- oh, mathematics! That just well, why does jive, it help bro. It helps them jive, though. Oh, I love jive talking. Well, let's go ahead and move why along. Are, why are we here? <laughs> Let's get to the what the fuck we are here. You what? Okay, they keep Delta keeps making changes about our flight, and I just got a text, so it's irritating me. Son of a bitch! It's just we're gonna be leaving like two hours later, apparently. What? Yeah, it's dumb. You guys, I've never flown before, but so far I've not make us miss our second flight. Yeah, it would. 
We'll have to do this, figure this out after the This podcast. is a nightmare. Yeah, I've never <laughs> dealt with this, but this is very annoying to me. But I don't know anything about it, but we'll have to deal with it later. So what I gave Sam this, well, it's been longer than a week. We've been stretching these things out, losing some of our padding. But uh, we're going to get back. We're getting it back, baby. And uh, for a while now, we've been too... We've had two episodes banked every week, so we're we're two weeks ahead always, always, and uh, we're not currently two weeks ahead. This one's actually being recorded because we also recorded a little out of order, but this one's coming out uh, pretty soon. Yes, <laughs> and I went back in time a little bit. Uh, I'm I I guarantee that this never crossed Sam's plate in a positive way. Um, but I gave Sam self-titled Third Eye Blind album to listen to. 3EB, as the fans and I call it. And you. The fans and you. I like how you had to separate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's very obvious to me. Because uh, I'll say, is if you've never listened to this podcast, which is weird that this would be the first one that you would listen to, but whatever, to each their own. I assume we're only losing listeners. The I, I would think so, too, at this point. Actually, we stay right on par. We don't lose. We don't gain. I bet we lose and gain, and people just like listen a few times and then drop off, and then someone's like, ah, I like this band. Yeah. Oh, these people suck. I'm yeah. gonna stop listening. These people are fucking miserable and they're not they're not professionals at all. Okay, but we appreciate you stumbling upon us because if you search up things, it's we definitely don't pop up for no. a while in searches. No. So anyway, uh this album came out April eighth, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. So we, at this point, were only 11 years old. All right. So that's actually way younger than I uh, thought it would be. I d- I, for some reason, I just imagined myself being older at that time. Oh, I thought it was younger. Uh, what grade are we in in 11th grade? Do we know? Like, sixth? It's like 14, 15 when you're a freshman, right? Yes. So around there. Okay. That makes sense to me. Yeah, so around sixth grade. Airwalks are cool. Baggy jeans are cool. Jinko jeans are not quite in yet, because that was when we were in middle school, where I think those really blew up. It's about to blossom. Corn's about to hit it big. Yeah, so this is, so 97. uh, Hanson hasn't made it big. None of the big pop uh, explosion, like boy band stuff, had happened. And it was after grunge was popular, so there was still this, there was like this post grunge, like rock and roll, alternative, alternative, over. a little bit of like punk attitude still, but, but pop music, I was say, but very pop written, like it's got a pop sensibility to it. And I mean, around that time you have like Matchbox 20 and oh, yeah. other, would... other bands coming out around the same time who are not very heavy, but they still have, you know. They're, they're rock bands. They're a rock band, yes. They're like the Boston of the 90s. Our, of the 90s. Like Kansas and things like that. You know, where it's like, you guys can rock out, but not heavy in any way. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I don't. And I think that the way that I came upon this anyway was not myself. Because I knew that this, I knew these songs from the radio, but I never really cared that much like i didn't dislike the songs but i was never really influenced until in high school 
cool. when someone I knew had the album and I was just like third eye blind and they were like yeah it's yeah, actually it's actually better than you think <laughs> I think it said 3 EB because I think it was a burned I'm sure it did version of the actual album and I listened to it and I liked it more than I ever thought it would let's start with the first song that we have here is losing a whole year so I need to look this up really quick because I don't have this prepared in front of me. Oh, listen to that 90s coming in, baby. It's so 90s. So I need to get to their Wikipedia page because I know that they they did have a handful of albums or not oh, singles from this. Oh, yeah, I recognize a handful of songs from this motherfucker. Like pop. These are like pop culture songs. Like they feel like they're on soundtracks to movies. It's very, yeah. Like this. This could have been on that the faculty soundtrack. Okay, so I'm just finally pulled this up. This was the fourth out of five singles. So this album did five. have five singles. Not surprised. But I don't know that I remember this from, like, the radio because I don't feel like, at this point, I wouldn't have had MTV. It was very patchy around this time, but I definitely didn't right when this came out and stuff, so. I think I've become more familiar with these songs since working at the car place because they play, like, rock Sirius XM radio every once in a while. Uh Uh-huh. And this would be right up, you know, like on lithium or something like that. So this is a, I'm pretty sure they are a, if not, they sound like a fucking California band. Oh, yeah. Sounds like sunshine to me. It was <laughs> recorded in and around San Francisco at Toast Studios, Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, Skywalker Ranch, yeah, I remember reading that. And HOS, it says that the album itself incorporates elements of alternative rock, post-grunge, and power pop. I think that's... I would agree with all those things. Um... <laughs> very uh, identifiable. Very first thing that struck me, you know, I'm doing an actual listen to this guy's voice. I didn't realize people were singing like this, this early. What do you mean this early? And and by singing like this, I mean that... In the world of music? In that, uh... When the bad men and they got like that. I think that this is a toned down like Green Day almost. Ah, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, you're right. Ah, so it has been around for a while. I think of it like it's like just a more My singing. Chemical Romance sound singing. Like it goes into that oh, next God. phase where it's that real whiny like. Where'd you go? Yeah, like emo rock. Yeah, I think I this hate is the step that. To that, I think that makes sense. But I fucking hate emo yeah, rock. It, yeah, this is like a tolerable version of that voice. He definitely has a voice of his own. No one else sounds like him. The drums here are interesting to me. Oh, maybe it already just happened because it was like a double, yeah, yeah. A double bass run there. So they're, I mean, they're, it's definitely rock and roll. It's just people who like rock and roll are going to be like, that shit's lame. To me, it seems like these dudes are efficient and know what they're doing and wrote these like, yeah, this is how you do it. Like, it just feels insanely efficient. Like, they don't add any extra slack to the songs. 
You know, even like that little drum thing. A lot of bands would have done that for almost maybe even 16 whole measures. They did it for maybe four, maybe six. And they're like, like threw something in. Done, dudes. We are a radio rock band. We understand it. We are fine with that. It's what we want to do. It's what we've always loved. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like they're doing it for the love of money. It just seems like the whole vibe I got during this whole thing was just like, we just know how to write pop rock songs. Mm-hmm. And it's what we do. We don't. We're not trying to make an artistic thing. We're not. We just want to play fucking rock music. Yeah, it's I almost like Nickelback. Where I, but I can't stand Nickel like the Nickelback sound. I don't like. But I feel the same way about them. Like, look, we just know how to do this, and it's what we do. Leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what? Okay, never mind. It's later. But I want to get into some of these questions already, and that's oh. what's killing me. Uh, let's move along to the next song, Narcolepsy. By the way, the person who owned this and suggested it or said that it was better than I thought it was Bobby. Ah. So this is this is very Bobby to okay, me. Okay, I'll keep him in my mind now that I know that. I'm going to explain him to other people. He's got red hair, a red beard, and he used to carry a little plastic tiger around in school. <laughs> that was Button's bookmark Tigra <laughs> Because we were the media center assistants Our senior year Just a couple of stoner kids In the media center <laughs> and, and Laughing about a plastic tiger <laughs> Laughing about a plastic tiger That Bobby would take everywhere <laughs> Like you'd be talking And out of nowhere he would just like Slowly pull it out <laughs> like, That is funny <laughs> It was <laughs> It was good all right, so this is where Sam had rough times. I'm not surprised. This album. You know I don't handle pretty or slow or just nice <laughs> easily. I guess he dealt, uh, the lead singer, Stephen Jenkins, dealt with extreme fatigue. Like He had a situation because a lot of this stuff he dealt with drug abuse. And I say, from what I picked up, he was an alcoholic. Specifically, wine. Oh, and uh, crystal meth. Oh, really? Are you not familiar with the song "Semi Charmed Life"? I don't know what he's saying. That's wild. That <laughs> song is straight up about chem. He he says crystal meth in the song. I think I figured out he was saying "semi charmed kind of life" in the chorus, maybe like two years ago. So <laughs> I don't know. This is why we do a podcast. <laughs> Aside from the fact that we have differing tastes in music, we hear music completely differently, and that boggles my mind. Not really boggles as much as blows it into fucking a million pieces. It's weird to me. I don't know how to explain it. You don't have to explain it. We talk about it all the time we on do, this podcast. This, to me, sounds more like we're trying to write something clean and pretty to be, like, on the radio, even though this wasn't a single. But to me, this song, it it's not bad, but it is a little more kind of, uh, it's not as strong as some of the other songs. I would, I'm not going to call it filler, but I would nudge it towards the filler bin. That makes they just, sense. They knew the singles they had. They knew the good shit that they had. We just have to make an album. Because at this time, you do. You have to make an album. Mm-hmm. They could have made... They came out now. They could have just released single after single. EP or yeah. just singles, which a lot of people seem to do. 
It's the only way to make money anymore. Yeah, because you have to get it out as soon as you can. Otherwise, it's not going to be relevant anymore, which is sad that that's how people ingest music these days. You have to stretch it out for long periods of time. Like, here's my next new song. Or else if you just release it all at once. Oh, that was cool. I like the one song. (laughs) I think uh, Stephen Jenkins, the lead singer, has a very punk sensibility about him that comes out sometimes. For someone who is like so like, yeah, yeah, like when he sings sometimes, sometimes it'll, he'll get angsty. He'll get rather angsty. There's times where he screams and it sounds good. He's like, wow. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, there we go. (laughs) Can I get a few more of those? But I'm going to take a bet. Just like the Beatles I've heard of. You've heard of them? I've heard of them, but I've also heard stories about them. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if this dude comes off soft in his music and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he'll knock you out in two fucking seconds if you, like, cross him. (laughs) Oh, especially if you're at a bar and he's drinking. Yeah. For sure. Like, a lot of metal scary dudes, in quotations, Mm -hmm. won't do anything. I won't do anything. I'll leave before I'll make a confrontation. Yeah. Unless I'm in a movie theater and someone's talking. And I'm in darkness. I'll yell at somebody then. But any other situation, hate confrontation, I'll flee. I see dudes like him, and I'm like, I think he's comfortable being so happy mm-hmm. in his music because he can get off stage and say, hey, motherfucker, boom. <laughs> I also think it's he had dealt with certain things, and there's a, there's a certain... Th- there's a difference when you're Lane Staley and you're writing about heroin because you're on heroin at the time and you're dealing with those problems and they're ongoing because you're not stopping what you're doing. That's all that's on your brain anyway. <laughs> versus someone who is so far removed from something, I assume like his crystal meth addiction, that he is able to kind of look at it a different way. Whereas if you wrote a song about drinking right when you were in the shit, it would be very different than your perspective. Now looking back in perspection, <laughs> I yeah I didn't mean for that to come out. It came out and it felt wrong, but hey, I just went with it. Glanes is depressed in the shit. It's gonna be miserable. This guy, he can be like, I'm happy now because I see the other fucking side of it. This mm-hmm. one, I can talk about the dark times, but in general, because I'm not in those dark times. I have anymore. made a decision, and it'll have a happier tone mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to. I want to die. <laughs> well, I did look this up. It says that this was kind. This album was kind of a sleeper hit. That it it wasn't immediately. It didn't just huh. drop, and people were like, "Woo!" Like it kind of grew. Hey, but it says <laughs> it says that as of April 2017, it has sold over six million. This album has sold over six million copies. Good for them. I'm sure they saw very little of it because this was record contract days. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And let's move along to the next song, which is the big hit that most people would associate with this band. Here is Semi-Charmed Life. Yeah, bro. You want a (laughs) Zima? It's stuff like this that I was waiting for. But yeah, this song is so crystal meth. I can't believe you didn't know that. Uh, I'll pay attention a little bit now. I'll probably go on a tangent about something else. You probably will go on a tangent, so I'm gonna. Ha- I will point things out here and there. But I'm packed and I'm holding is how the song starts, which oh, I know you really? don't listen, but yeah. She comes wild and she goes down on me. His. He's also got a tone of voice where it's like, like I don't know what he's saying. 
he does have kind of like a yeah bro voice yeah, for yeah. sure. But he does have this like grit in his throat that you can kind of hear, like the Smash Mouth dude. You know, he's got like that yeah, kind of grit. Like it's, the, it's not as heavy as the Smash Mouth dude. Yeah, the grit, but the wrath. It sounds like he's done some things to his throat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the Pamela Pamela Adlon is that her name? Oh yeah, like that throat sound. I've definitely damaged my throat over the years. Oh yeah, I'm sure if we listened to recordings of ourselves when we were like 18, we'd be like, hi, hi. Hi, I'm Sam. The sky was gold. It was rose. I was taking tips up through my nose, and I wish I could get back. It's right here where he says it. Doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break. It won't stop. I can't believe that you are that removed from knowing what is going on. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care about words. I don't know why. I do sometimes. I think I do when I know they're depressed, though. That's what I care about them more. I wonder... Oh, I shouldn't say it on the podcast. Never mind. I also wouldn't... Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about, but good restraint. Uh, I'm just saying the person who I got this from had some struggles themselves. (laughs) Um, I don't remember. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, I want to say this. I'm sure you thought maybe I was, like, miserable during some of this. Yeah, I assume that you didn't like this at all. A lot of this was just kind of... Just there. This is an extra part that they usually take out of the song. Really? There are parts that they take out of, like, the radio edit of. Well, the song... I, I was wrong... With a belly face down on the mattress, I want something else. So this part right here is completely cut out on the radio. Ah. And I it's probably my favorite part of the song, and I don't know why. Interesting. Cutting the fat out even more, they say. I guess so. I don't know why you would take this out. I know I'm broke from under. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the toss down, lock down in a smile. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of surprised that I like this because, like I said, I didn't think I would. I didn't think I'd be into this at all. And then I listened to it and I was like, I don't know why I like this way more than I thought I would. But I enjoy this. There's some things that you do enjoy that I think. I don't want to say you're out of left field, but like I, if you would have played this for me, I couldn't have said if you liked it or not. Now there's some funk things and soul things that if I heard it, I'd be like, yeah, Michelle's going to love this. Mm-hmm. But this would be a band where I'd be like, I don't know. She could, she couldn't. She could find it horribly cheesy or she, she I just dropped off yeah. as well. Like, Because when I was that age and I listened to the first Matchbox 20 album and he, he swore sometimes on it. And for me, because I was like, so I should be a, a Christian and be very strict and stuff. And then... The dark side was just so tempting to me. He swore the dark side. Uh-huh. And things like that. They made me feel I would clench up inside. Like, I'm not supposed to be listening to this. That's wild to me. Yeah, because your mom let you listen to all kinds of craziness when you were whatever age. I'm going to let this play to the next song, which was... Gotcha. Which I didn't say Semi Charm Life was actually the first single. And this is the fifth. This is the last one. This really? surprises me because I it's think like of the this one song. I know the most. 
Really? Yeah, but this gets stuck in my head at just that very beginning. And that's where I think he has that more like kind of like punk sensibility, but it's very clean and presentable. Where it's only like a sensibility versus being that guy is punk. I would never ever believe that guy is punk. Oh, so I said versus. I don't think this guy is. He just sounds like a kid who really liked music that came out and he was trying to like get on the angst train and maybe he was a little bit I'm sure he was he had a drug problem and then the song is about you know suicide is he just talking about someone in general or is he almost talking about himself I don't know the specifics of this song This song is a... Uh, you hate this song. I don't like it, but it's just like... It's another one of those songs that I could see on... Like, 10 Things I Hate About You soundtrack. You, uh, what does that... Does that mean, like, because you hate that movie that it just... Like, I guess I don't know what you're saying. I wasn't going to say The Faculty because it wasn't going to be on The Faculty soundtrack. So I had to think of a love story movie from that time and 10 Things I Hate About You propped into my head. Okay, and then so, Heath Ledger dancing on a football field popped into my head. Okay. And then I got a boner. But this song is about suicide. So why do you think it fits in 10 Things I Hate About You? As it sounds happy. This is a major chord city. It doesn't have to be about the fucking movie to be on the soundtrack. You just have to think that that girl would listen to this song. Who was in 10 Things I Hate About You? Lots of people, but you're probably thinking Julia Stiles. I'm thinking Raquel Welch, I'm pretty sure. No? I don't tell. I I don't know what you're thinking. (laughs) Okay, this is the best part of the song. I agree. Except for the sounds. Woo! Oh, yeah, but I love hearing the full tom sound with nothing else really there besides that bass and very light guitar playing yeah it just it gives you a peek into like the actual mix mm-hmm. a little bit of what's going on you know when it's full bore things mix with each other and you can't hear the actual full tone yeah but i can hear these perfectly tuned toms no it in sounds a good very nice room i agree with very nice microphones you know, all the things I wish I had at my disposal. <laughs> yeah, this is so happy right here. I, I can't... It's also funny to me, I feel like I attribute tones of music to emotion of lyrics. I think that makes sense, even though it's not necessarily the case. Yes, so when you tell me things like it's about meth, and I'm like, huh... The music didn't say that. And this song's about suicide, and you're like, huh, but it sounds so happy. Yeah, but the music doesn't say that. <laughs> when I'm used to suicide, it sounds like the music sounds like the guy wants to die. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I, I would understand. But I think that's a cool thing, too. Like, it's almost what horror movies did there for a while when they take, a, you know, an old 70s song. That happens they, a lot. And they put on the. It's starting to die again, I think, because it was a trope, you know? Yeah. But it was very effective when it first came out. Like, Devil's Rejects won a 
He's See, stabbing. I think of that, but now I know that a lot of people know Tiptoe Through the Tulips because it was used in one of those fucking movies. Oh, really? And huh. Yeah, and it was used during like a really scary point, but it's like, Tiptoe Through the Window. Oh, same thing, yeah. So That would be a good song during a... No, I uh, for plus, sure. Plus, Tiny Tim did play a murderer in a horror movie. So he did in a Blood Feast. <laughs> no, I wish it was Blood, blood Feast. Freak. It was something. Pretty I watched it. Freak. We watched it, didn't we? I think you watched it Maybe too. Sections of it. I watched it. Maybe we did. I don't know. In some burnout night, I don't remember. <laughs> Maybe you weren't completely on board for it, but I definitely was. It was. Maybe I don't remember what it was called. I'm gonna look it up right now. But it's the, okay. The, it said Insidious, and that's not it. <laughs> no, Insidious is what the movie was used in. That's what it is. Oh, okay, well, that's what people talk about. Oh my god, that tiptoe through the tulip song is so scary. <laughs> it's like uh, I mean, you can think that, I guess, but it's technically really not. It's fucking up my Tiny Tim search results. God damn it! Tiny Tim horror movie? Blood. That's what I put in. Um, <laughs> gave me goddamn insidious. insidious. Blood Harvest. Harvest. That's right. We were, we, you were close. Yeah, I said Blood Feast. Feast, which is a great movie. Well, Sorry. Feast and With- Harvest are very... I mean, oh, they're technically yeah. very similar words. Blood Feast is considered the like first movie to have like on-screen gore. That's why I kind of felt... It felt wrong when I said it, but I knew I was in that, you know... I was in the boat. You were in the boat. I wasn't outside of the boat like a Jaws, Sam. Ah! All right, let's... I watch these Jaws movies lately from my podcast I'm in love with, and even shitty, shitty effects Jaws movie, even when they're underwater, I get fucking so tense because I'm so scared of the water and ocean. Well, let's move along to the fourth track, which is also the second... Out of the five singles, they definitely front-loaded this album with singles because all of their singles are right in your fucking face. Like, all of the first chunk of tracks were singles, essentially. Except for Narcolepsy, the second track. But let's move along to Graduate. I like this tone. I don't know how they're doing it. Of the guitar? It sounds like they're tapping. Yeah, that's very beginning it sounds like they're tapping on the strings instead of strumming them yeah uh i like this bass line and i like the 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 energy going on here mm-hmm. not a big fan of the vocals but i'm not surprised i think it's more i like the rhythms it's just like that southern california uh-huh. it's on my nerves it's always interesting to me when people are raised in california which is silly because it's so much of the entire West Coast. Like, more than half of the West Coast is California. So it's weird for me to be like, when I think, like, it's weird that so many people grew up in California. But, like, yeah, no shit. It's yeah. a huge place that's very heavily populated, especially in the South. But it's interesting how how you can get an, enti- an entire movement just out of geographical places in the country like grunge coming so heavily from the north west and then so, so many sounds that were popular in the 90s came from so, southern california and like punk and like not you know like pop punk and stuff that was really big it's just that from the socal sound they they first start as little scenes and then once 
one band in that scene breaks, then the companies want more of that band. And they go, hey, who are your buddies? I would I would throw like Everclear in this group. Yeah, I would put Everclear in this world for sure. Which is weird to me because I always thought they were supposed to be heavier and then I was always disappointed. They sound a lot like this. I would say they sound even lighter than this. Uh, a lot of their singles have been lighter than this. Yeah. But they've also had some decent songs back in the day. I didn't say good. I said decent. Sorry, I was listening to the little guitar solo thing there where he puts on the wah pedal. And he's like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Those are the things I listen to. <laughs> that makes sense. This song is definitely much more high energy, and it's very... It's much more musically based than vocally based. So, yeah. Oh, and this, the bass. It had that really good grunge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still a little bit in there right now, but they boosted it up in the mix right there just that- to give that little edge. Because then when it comes back into this part, it's back to that clearer bass. I think it's that post-grunge sound where it just has like tinges of in it. Yeah. But it doesn't stay in that right yeah. vein at all. But it still has those little pieces of grunge that you hear. I think I'm gonna say that a lot of bands that sound like this probably also recorded a bass. Well, either had recorded the bass twice or just fed it in ways that you could have two tones of it. But one distorted, like you heard in that one section, and then one super clean. Yeah. And that way you could mix them in <coughs> and have a mostly clean tone, but then add just a little bit of muck to it to. Like, fill out the bottom end. Yeah. And still sound a little edgy. Edgy. You know what I'm saying? I know, but it still sounds clean because you got that actual clean bass tone. They do mm-hmm. that with guitars sometimes. You can blend the two so you can actually hear the note instead of just the fuzz mm-hmm. of the note. Doesn't it feel so fucking nice? Oh, just yeah. Just kind it's of nice basking in how fucking nice it feels. Indiana, it's got light rain outside. It's like low 70s right now, and it's been a very light rain, and it's very cool, and it's lovely. It's this a is good podcasting vibe, I would say. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. This I got is... a dog underneath the table next to me. Oh, you have a half-dead dog under the table she, she, with you. She puked twice last night. She puked and the, uh, so much from so deep within her and dry-heaved more than I've ever seen her do and then just kind of collapsed on the grass and just laid there like she was completely exhausted. <laughs> and it was very sad. She's uh, she's, she's getting old. up there. She's, yeah. It's, Don't worry. When she dies, stuff. we'll send a piece of her to everyone that listens to this podcast. That's fine. Like an actual piece yes. dehydrated. So no. take out the dehydration part. Uh, I think we should turn her into jerky. Well, the parts that we keep will keep to we'll, we'll make jerky. <laughs> I think we just should put her at whole in the oven at a really low temperature, dehydrate her for like two fucking straight days, and then just cut into her. It'll smell so good. <laughs> oh god. The shit pours out of her ass into the oven. <laughs> well, Sam, much like cooking birds and such, you got to take the poop part out. No, that's where the flavor comes from. No wonder everybody's turkey sucks. Because it doesn't taste everybody like poop. Everybody taking the poop out? Oh, my God. This is a horrible conversation. <laughs> we made it back to poop like we were talking about at the beginning. Do we never? We, we always talk about we're poop. We're children. We we're, are. We're horrible. So this is the third single the next track on this album and it is the final of the five singles what are you sure i'm very sure this is a song that i i would consider almost more popular than jumper in my head 
but uh, here's how's it going to be. Oh, yeah. This is a... This is a big old hit, as the ladies would say. I never remembered it starting with that weird sound in the beginning. You probably didn't on the radio. I, yeah, I think that's what it is. Because it's still going on. That weird I bet it's that sound. I bet it's still there in the radio edit. They just cut out that very beginning. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Because you can still hear it happening. It's how clean that guitar is. <laughs> The intonation is very good on the guitar, too. The chords sound really good. <laughs> I don't think that... There's nothing weird about that. It's just so funny to me. <laughs> I love the differences in our ears. I like that you can find... Honestly, I just like that you can find things that you like about it. Well, you kind of have to at the same time. And I don't think it's fair to just put my my personal attachment onto it. Like, I don't like... This, don't like yeah. Okay, you don't like the way things are arranged, and you wouldn't listen to it, but how is it recorded? Yeah. Is the guy playing well? Are they actually talented? Would you have to give it up to him? Which is also not different in how we listen to things, but when we are given different, way different kinds of music, it's harder for me to pick out things necessarily because there's so much going on a lot of times, or things are so fast and energetic, and a lot of things that you listen to that a lot of things that I listen to are maybe more simplified. Can be, but not not always. But you can hear things just differently. Like you kind of, it's more direct, I guess, of what you have to listen to where you can listen to so many different things going on sometimes and things that you have because you listen to more balls to the wall, heavy shit. I also mix music. So I've trained my ear to like, listen to a mix as a mix not just like do I yeah are we jamming I, I go like how's the mastering and do the hi-hats sound good how high are the fucking crash cymbals <laughs> which by the way the hi-hat sounds really good and every once in a while you can hear him oh, he's not gonna do it now he tings the right every once in a while and I like it <laughs> I will say this Kudos to them for being able to write a song like this because I think if you wrote this in the room mm-hmm. and you played and you recorded this and you listened back to this, I feel like you would know it's going to do good. Yeah. And I've never felt that in my life. <laughs> now, I don't write to do that. I was going to say, you're also not writing stuff that would ever uh, yeah. fall into that category. I, yeah, I don't, yeah. So, but I also don't know if I can. Yeah. And again, we've talked about this many times on the podcast, but people think it's easy to write simple hit pop songs. It is not. I mean, yeah, it's easy to use similar, you know, chord structures and things. It's easy to play pop songs. But to actually arrange and write. For the most part. (laughs) Yeah. But this doesn't sound necessarily like anything else. So it's creating your own pop songs that sound your own way. And it's also creative to take years of the same chords for chord progressions and make it sound like it's not the same chord progression. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, I hear that all the time and it does turn my ear off. I do go, okay, this is just the one, three, and five. Okay. On this or just in music in just general? Just in music. And I can't necessarily do it like that. I can't say this is the blah, blah, blah. But I can go, oh, this is the... Uh, the Natalie Imbruglia form. This is the. This is nothing. Nothing's fine. I'm torn. 
This is like the, what's that uh, Green Day song? Dun. When I Come Around. That chord progression mm. has been done a million times. Yeah, because I, I don't think of that as necessarily one of their stronger songs. And, it, and it's not. Because, it was, I, because I hear that, and I'm just like, yeah, it's another one of those songs. But it's, it was a song that did very well. Incredibly well. <laughs> because people like that chord progression. That's even such a... It. He even sings. Billy Joe sings so lazily on that song <laughs> compared to how... I think that's how he makes it punk still. Or trying to make it punk, if you still want to classify it. When I come around... <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it'd just be a pretty song. I mean, I guess I mean more the like, I heard it all before, so don't knock down my door. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I'm just rolling in the mountain. He's a much cleaner singer now, too. Like, if you listen to that uh, cover of, uh, I think we're alone now. He's way cleaner, and he mm-hmm. does way less of that thing, mm-hmm. which I... I've been complaining about during this third eye blind thing, but I want it in my green day. (laughs) It's because you loved that album when you were young and you enjoyed that. It was the angst. There's so much (laughs) in the attitude and the angst. And that's what it was at the time. He doesn't have those feelings anymore. So it's weird to like strain himself because at this point in his life and doing it so many times, he probably is straining himself more to sing in a way that's not as natural. And my God, I can't believe I've just thought of this. I've never thought of this once. If he is considered, you know, I'm not saying this is what we said, but considering like, oh, he sold out. If someone would say that Mm -hmm. because he sounds like this now, technically if he's not feeling those feelings that he was feeling when he sounded angsty and he's, he's still trying to make that music, then that would be disingenuous. I agree. I completely it's agree. more genuine. Like, no, this is where I'm at in my life now. I'm happy. This is, the, this is what I'm feeling. I've never had that thought in my life, and now I just... It's true. <laughs> it's more honest to be true to who you are and what you're feeling and go with that. That's why a lot of people mellow out with their music when they get older because a lot of people mellow out when they get older. And they got success. It's like part of your angst is I was not financially stable. I had a shitty fucking job. I hated my life. My girlfriend fucking hated me. I hated my girlfriend. But things are genuinely (laughs) good for me. So I have four kids, a nice house. They're all going to college. My one's daughter's going to be a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. You have a much different perspective on life. So it would be weird to be like, but I'm still going to act like I'm a kid. That shit like that drives me nuts when people never grow up and still talking about like high school and shit. It's like, grow the fuck up. I was just going to say you could, you could still be angsty, but avert that angst, like political angst Mm -hmm. or, or even be even more genuine to be like the garage door broke and I got to fucking pay for it. (laughs) Oh God. You could write so many angry songs about working on cars because one thing always progresses into something negative, man. Every single one would be called, Fuck you, GM. (laughs) 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 All right, we're going to listen to one more song. We are finished with all of the singles, so now we're just riding the album out the rest of the way. We are going to currently now listen to, in a roundabout way, I'm just uh, saying things and making it as awkward and uncomfortable as possible. Thanks a lot. don't remember this song so far. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thanks a lot.
Okay, this is where I thought I was like, ah, this is kind of fillery. This this riff feels fillery. There's a line that he says in this that I it sticks in my head and I love it and I don't know why. Well, please tell it to me when it happens. It's it's it, he says it like every bridge. Okay. So it's coming up right here. All right, I'll shut up. So it's basically I don't know like right from the very beginning. I made you feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> I do like that because it's like I can even I can even translate that to me or you and I. I woke up. I'm grumpy. You slit the throat and of you my were confidence, fine, and you're like, "Hey!" and I'm like, Ugh, and it just shuts you down. Uh huh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever feel good about that when I do that. I understand it's not personal though. But I can also see it in a good way of just general beating down a woman in horror. It doesn't have to be a woman, just another person. Yeah. No, you're stupid. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I think that's the part that I was like, that you hate? this all sounds fillery. No, there's just certain things about this song. It just feels fillery. I don't know how to explain it. I, I think that makes sense. It's not as strong. I think you... Even though you don't like Third Eye Blind, I think you like more angsting your Third Eye Blind. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ooh, I did like that. Drums felt good. I think that, yeah, I think the drummer is good sometimes. Not not that they're ever bad, but every once in a while they throw something small in like that or earlier that little drum fill at the end of the song and that it was just done. That they just throw little tastes in here and there. Because they don't over- want to overdo it, I, I was guess. I going to say, he uh, subscribes to the school of, yeah, I can play like that. Doesn't mean I should play like that all the time. I appreciate that so much more. <laughs> because, And I think that that's a lot of guys are like, I'm heavy. I'm going to play like that all the time. And I, I appreciate it in pieces. So I do gravitate, even though like I don't think this is necessarily a super strong song on the album. I do like the sensibility of doing things like that. Of just this little piece is going to be special in this moment, and that's it. And yeah. I, I just really appreciate that. It's definitely a smarter way to work, and I can even say that in the metal world, while to like an outsider, it just sounds extreme all the time. Not always, but, but there's the be- the best metal drummers did that same thing, but in the metal world, like the metal version. Like, sure, they're doing like a skank beat back and forth, yeah. but they're not like constant fill, constant kick drum. Yeah, that makes sense. They knew when to put it in. Now, it still sounds more extreme because it's just more extreme in general, mm-hmm. it's a problem where you attribute, and I went through it, you attribute technicality efficiency to good. Mm-hmm. Now, it's smart to be efficient and technical so that you can be good, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't make it good. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you can play 600 minute notes in 30 seconds, it's very, very impressive. But did you write a song? Did, am I going to remember what you just did? All I remember is that when that's it. Am I going to get a headache because you made an entire song out of that <laughs> thing that should have just been a part? Thanks a lot for the headache. I'm going to say this, too. That guitar solo earlier also, while it's a guitar solo, it also felt fillery. The way he played, the way he put an effect on it, it just seemed very... I like this. 
Oh, this grungier sound? This, I, like, messier, I think my lower. favorite parts about this band are the drummer and the bass player. I think that's fair. Like they're tight together. The rhythm section sounds really good. And they've been doing sections where it is just those two guys. It almost seems like they know that they have a good rhythm section. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, groove with each other real quick. The guitar player's doing fine. And his guitar sounds good, and he's making good lines. But Ex- the stars, to me, are the drummer and the bass player. Okay. That's fair. And I don't know how many people there are in this. Maybe two guitar players or just a four-piece band? I honestly am not super familiar, and I feel like that is the least that I could do for them. (laughs) So it says that... I see. The album was collectively written by Stephen Jenkins, Kevin... Oh, my God. Cadigan? Oh, my God. Let me see. Go down to the bottom where it says members. Of the band? Well, I just went back to the actual... So it, they started as a songwriting duo of Stephen Jenkins and Kevin Cadigan. Okay, what's Kevin Cadigan do? <laughs> he is, let's see, he's a guitarist. Okay. Musician, singer, songwriter, record producer, and guitarist. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it looks like they also have someone named Arion Salazar, who was the bass player, and Brad Hargreaves was the drum player. Hargreaves? Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> Interesting, I suppose. This came out in 97, right? This came out in 1997. We are going to take a break right now because sometimes sometimes we need breaks. Sometimes you need breaks from us. We understand that sometimes that's just, you know, how it's going to be. But we'll, uh, we'll be right back. When we come back to... That, that's all you're going to do? Yeah. Okay. The Couple of Critics Podcast presents... Something that got into my head about the... It was a head about the... It was a head about the... It was... It was... Um, uh, and it, I just kept having visions about it. Visions about it. Visions about it. You know? And about... You know, what was that like 12 hours like? What, and what was that really like? I mean, what does it mean to get scourged and crucified and scourged and crucified and scourged and crucified and, and, um... Mine eyes have seen the glory of the bludgeoning of the Lord. Mel Gibson showed us all details of Christ upon the board. He made sure we saw every rip, hit, and cut by sword. Mel Gibson, Jesus' song. Gory, gory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. The passion of the Christ is on. Hey, hey, another couple of critics presentation. All right. Up, we just said Abraham goddamn Lincoln champ session. Woo! One. Two, three, four. Watch out, gentlemen and ladies. We're spitting like we have rabies. Ah, we just saw the drums. And aim on the bass. Cover two funk, funk in, in your face. face. Just two best friends laying out the funk with Sam on the clavy. Ain't no punk. I'm Abe Lincoln. Got a stovepipe hat now. What do you think about that? I sell crack to your dad and he always wants the front. I say no, get out of here, you cunt. He begs me for just one hit of crack. Now what do you think about that? Now what do you think about that? Bust your ass with a baseball bat! Now what do 
Fucking Christ, it fell apart. Anyway, back to the couple of critics podcast. See, I should have vetted this more in the beginning because I, I have watched this. This is supposed to be a notoriously bad performance by them because apparently they weren't great performers. And it's mostly the lead guy. That sometimes he would be good and do well, but this is from the following album, and it's just not a very strong performance of him. So, but I did actually look up. I don't think the sound quality is that great, but there is a performance where they had like tremendous high energy and stuff early on in their career, and they were performing "Semi Charmed Life," and it was a really good performance. So I don't know what happened. He got drunk again. Maybe. I don't know that he considered being drunk his problem. Well, it was. Okay. His band contacted me and said, what do we do? And I said, Abe? What do we do? (laughs) Well, it looks like this is a more recent performance here from four years ago of Semi-Charm Life. Four years ago. I bet he's got some... Vocal help as well. I sound like jazzier almost. No. Again, this is more recent, but yeah. It sounds <laughs> fine to me. Really? Yeah. I don't think he sounds that great. Yeah. He doesn't sound that great on the album. <laughs> I mean, this is him more in their oh, prime. Oh, you got rewind. Huh? Rewind. I need to hear the goodbye. <laughs> well, this is... Yeah. Come on. That's not bad at all. Not bad. So maybe he just, uh, maybe they had some good shows. Maybe they had a lot of bad shows. I don't know. I bet they were just never known for the the, the, the big, we're great live bands. We wrote these songs. You heard them on the radio. Come hear them live. There leave. aren't a ton of videos of them performing live. And a lot of people think that that's why. Because they didn't have, they had more bad performances than good. Uh, I was trying to think of a joke. I got nothing. Interesting. <laughs> got absolutely nothing. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We are listening to Third Eye Blind, self-titled album, Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Boy should have been practicing. It looks like they put out a new single recently. 
this year. Oh, let's are you gonna play it for me right now? It's called Box of Bones. I have to know what it sounds like. It sounds like I've got a box of bones to get me through this. Bag of bones kinda life. Baby. Uh well box of bones. Send me John bag of bones. Well, so far it's a banger. He sounds almost. He sounds very similar. They still got that. I think that's just who he is. That's how he sounds when he talks. He's like, Dad, what's going on? Still our voices till we become a parody connection. This is not good. What's coming next? It has to kick into something more. It sounds very third eye blind, but it also sounds very modern. Yeah. It's got that. We're supposed to be inspirational sound. God damn it. Kick into the song. He didn't grow up taking the servant's stairs. He's, I don't believe that. There's not going to be any pop off. It's just going to be. Holy shit, the song. I'm going to go into the future. Nope. (laughs) It's not going to take off. I know, it's almost at the very end of the song. There's fewer than 30 seconds left. It's a, it's not my cup of tea. No, sir. I wish he would have not stepped from that ledge, my friend. I look at that picture of what he looks like now. Oh, he's got long hair. He's kind of Eddie Vedder-ish looking. He looks like Jason Bateman trying to do an Eddie Vedder impression. Impression? Impression? <laughs> we were nearly impression. <laughs> we were very impressionable. That, that was the Verve. Not the Verve Pipe? Who was the Verve Pipe? They did that one song. I knew like, you were going to do this to me because that's who you are. Uh, they did that one song that was like, she bangs, she bangs. The Verve Pipe? I lied. The Verve Pipe did the freshman. Ah. The Verve? Did they do, it's a bit of sweet. Yeah. Symphony. Yeah. So Bittersweet Symphony was the Verve, and the Verve Pipe was the Freshman. I don't like that they're so their names are so close. What? Here's an example of I don't know what the words are. He says it's a bittersweet symphony. This life. This lot. This life. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. <laughs> wow. It is over 20 years. It's like 24 fucking years, and you're just now finding out. The list of examples that I could provide that are like that would be immense. <laughs> yeah. Immense. If, if, if it's on songs like these, like classic songs that I know you've heard at least a hundred times <laughs> and you've never been able to figure out this life. Wow. <laughs> I just always heard it's a bit of sweet symphony. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's not what I expected. 
I thought you would at least have some sense of no, hearing no. words. <laughs> but somehow you just don't hear words at all? I guess I just don't pay attention. I mean, you heard Bittersweet Symphony, but that's it. That's all yeah, you know from the yeah. whole song, right? Oh, I've got that. Are there any other words that you remember from that song? No. No change, I can't change, I no, can change, change, I can change, but I'm here in my mouth. Well, let's get back into this. Ugh. Let's get back into the second half of this Third Eye Blind album. What's going on, Sam? He was very rude in that video when he was walking down the sidewalk. Oh, and just bumping into people. <laughs> yeah. And there would be people turning around. And, like, hey, motherfucker! And he's, he's like, this life! He's like, I must walk in a straight line. I don't care about you. Don't you see the cameraman in front of me? <laughs> back in the day, it would have been a big setup. <laughs> There's a goddamn Steadicam operator, and I gotta hit my marks. Get out of the way! There's a literal track that this cameraman is being pulled backwards onto. No way. On. Steadicam guy just walking backwards. You think or, so? on, or he's on a dolly and someone's pulling him. There's no way there's a track set up. He'd have to Shh. take it out as he goes. So they're just going to roll that motherfucker, and he's probably got a Steadicam situation so it doesn't bump up and down. And then they probably had tape marks, and they're like, be here by now. And if you're past it, slow the fuck down. Sorry, I got technical there. They probably had playback playing when they were recording the video. So you'd be able to know if you understand music and just staying on beat. Uh, yeah, but I mean, people are set up for things. If he walks too fast, then the video ends too soon. If he walks too slow, you didn't get to the guy at the end. So you'd still have to have your marks and know where. By the chorus, I have to be at this block. So you think that that, that run-into situation, shoulder-to-shoulderman, you think that that was intentional? Uh, no. No, I don't think they told the people that were getting run into. I think they said just walk down the street. But they told that guy, don't get past this block, past this chorus. This is very, this is very enthralling. <laughs> Especially when you do it in that voice. What voice do you want me to do it in? You want me to go to a radio voice? Hi, I'm Jack Sparrow. <laughs> That's a guy. <laughs> That is a guy in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Beautiful. Beautiful movies. Every single one of them. Beautiful. I've never seen a single one of them. Beautiful. Beautiful. It kind of makes me think of that one song. What song? Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. Yeah, I knew those lyrics. Sing about because we've we've Cause done him, that song so many times. It out in front of me, <laughs> so many times. All right, let's move back into this album with the song "Burning Man." Is this about the festival? I don't know anything about it, but I've always enjoyed the song, even though it's more mellow. I've always really enjoyed it quite a lot. I like the uh, the guitar, bass, drum situation going on. I do too. I like. I think it has a good sound. It's like the guitar is doing a contrasting thing to what the bass and the mm-hmm. drummer are doing. It creates a nice little entanglement. Mm-hmm. Makes, it's interesting. It makes it interesting. And then I like that they had those. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like it when things go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> You're a simple man. I am. I'm a very simple man. He loves going into that falsetto. Fuck yeah, man. If, but he he doesn't sound bad when he does it. Like he can do it without his voice cracking a lot. I don't think he has a very low register anyway, though. 
No, he definitely sings more than that. I think that's, yeah, I think that's his natural register is just higher. I'm surprised I was able to do that as well as I just did it now. Ooh, I never noticed that before. A little bass thing there. It was like... I'm going to say that means this guy's playing a five-string bass and only uses that fifth string. He can really hear the bass in this song. I think they know that their bass player is good. A good bass player, I've said it many times in this podcast, can make or break you. A guy can, like, be interesting on the bass and tight. Yeah. Then you can turn him up and your your butt appreciates bass. Your butt, your butt is linked somehow psychically to a bass guitar. We'll get ya. You know what? What are the lyrics on this song? Is this about meth? <laughs> I'm and I'm not really sure. I think that this is more of a love song. Lost love or current good relationships. That's another thing I've also never been able to write about. Good relationships? Just like relationship things at all. Like It's because you don't like to revel in your feelings. I revel in anger and anxiety and depression and <laughs> at least when I'm writing songs. You know these things that I don't necessarily ever feel? I was going to say, when are <laughs> you ever really that anxious and when have you ever really been depressed? I mean, you've been depressed. All, you've, I've been down. I've never been depressed. Yeah. Um, feeling of hopelessness. No. I. It's Aren't you lucky? It's what interests me, so it's what I write about. Put myself in the mindset of something. Here's my secret. I go, hey, who was that person in that movie? I'm going to put myself in their situation and what they would be thinking. And then never mention things from the actual movie. But it's about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bad time to suddenly feel like I had to poop. You got to poop now? I pooped during the break. I could tell. Yeah. You know how I could tell when you poop? Because it smelled, and I stayed in there a long time. It's the time. It's okay. never really the smell. Newsflash, everyone. Sims poop doesn't really smell that bad, which is crazy. It smells bad like poop does, but it doesn't permeate a door. <laughs> well, aren't you lucky? Because I have all kinds of stuff going on in my gut. And last night, I ate pizza. Pizza. So, so cheese and... Lots nice of cheese. Sauce. It's gonna rumble in there. <laughs> Make everything liquidy. It's wild that because <laughs> of my acid reflux, <clears throat> that tomato sauce is harsher on my stomach than ranch, which is essentially creamy garlic sauce. So creamy garlic sauce is easier on my stomach than the the acidity of a red sauce of any kind, really. It's weird. Why don't I like ranch? Because when you just described it as creamy garlic sauce i was like mm. <laughs> i don't know why you don't like ranch because that's what it is interesting it, it is heavy onion and garlic power powder i love power. onions and garlic mm-hmm. and powder <laughs> it's the cream that maybe gets you that's true i don't like i'm like on the verge of creaming my jeans in a poop sort of way you need to take a break to shit we're gonna take a real quick <laughs> okay. shit break Yep. <laughs> Back from the attack, as I'm calling it. I took quite a, a poop, and uh, it was uh, it's a story that you don't care about. The demeanor has changed. You look exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted. I 
I don't know what it is, but there's nothing like a giant poop that wears me out. <laughs> it's nap time now, isn't it? That happens all the time. <laughs> I take a big, I'm like a bear. I take a big shit and then I want to go fucking sleep by another tree. I was going to say you are Beavis. You poop too much and then you get tired. <laughs> I, I've shared that meme, that, that gif, whatever, so many times that throughout the years. And that that's just always been me. I take a huge shit. And then I just, I have no energy anymore. I literally poop everything out, <laughs> including energy. All of it gone. Yeah. In the toilet. Everything. I guess I was just full on shit earlier. And that I was pulling energy from the poop juices within me. <laughs> but now I don't have them anymore. So I got I to gotta pep back up. <laughs> Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't eat pepperoni. So how am I going to pep back up? Eddie Pepitone? Uh, I should have... Peppercinis. I should have. I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't eat those. Peppercorns. Let's put pepper in your mouth. That would upset my stomach. Yeah, I'm sure. Get your back on that. Sitting on a toilet. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we're back once again. We are back from second break. And let's get back. Yeah, we listened to. We took a break. Listened to one song, and uh, took another break. Sorry about that. Let's get back into this third eye blind album. What you say? I say, yay! All right. Am I connected? It doesn't look like I am. Oh, no. I guess I went too far away when I went to the bathroom. I'm going to edit all that out, so here we go. (laughs) All right. This is the song, Good For You. Big and powerful, man. It's got that, what the kids now would say, epic sound, bro. Hey, this has almost like a filter. Hey, yeah, you mean the band filter? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, a coffee filter. It reminds me of a coffee filter, not an air filter. The thing is, you can put filters on effects. So I was like, is she saying filter in that world, or is she talking about the band filter? Who used filters on their vocals? Definitely the band. Then they did a song. I was like, take your picture. I won't remember. There, I think there's been some filter talk on this podcast before, because a lot of times we don't remember what songs fan bands do. You this, like this? This sounds like Incubus to me. It's even. And it just, it's almost even got a a Lincoln Park sensibility later to it. Just the way they broke into it. Yeah. I'm not saying it sounds like Lincoln Park, but it it feels like it. So what do you think of this song? This is filler for me once again. I don't know. I'm making eye contact with the cat whose shit I had to pick up and put in the toilet just a little bit ago. Does that make you feel good? Is that good for you, Oliver? Are you happy? It's not his fault. He has a thing on his neck and he couldn't fit in the litter box thing. So he went to the bathroom. In the bathroom. And went... (laughs) In the bathroom, which, I mean, I guess of all places for a cat to go. I mean, if, if his bathroom isn't available, then the next best place is our bathroom, I suppose. So. Better than, like, my blanket or something like that. And he did it on a linoleum floor and not, you know, on another floor where it can seep and cracks and stuff. So it was very, it was positive. But, yeah, I consider this song not exciting. It just seems... It's very blase. Yeah, it's just, blah. That's the word for it. Blah. It's 
nothing like jumps out at you. It has some energy, but... It'd probably do better live than it does on this album. Yeah, maybe it just doesn't translate as well. Like, I don't think it's a bad song, but... I've jumped so much from one to the next. And then... This is another example. Now they kicked up that bass grunge in it again. Which, once again, is my favorite part of every song that they've done so far. But they do that in at least. It's just not enough. Like, this song... I only remember it because I was like, oh, this is the song that reminds me of Incubus. And then he gets kind of screamy on this song. Not uh, screamy, but ye- more yelly. Yeah, but I'm never... This does not get stuck in my head. No riff from this gets stuck in my head. No vocal line gets stuck in my head. Yeah, he's starting to get into the whiny scream. You know when like people do the scream, but it's trying to sound emotional? So they let it break a little bit, and not in like the nice way, but like the emotional way? Uh-huh. Yeah! <laughs> Interesting. I, uh... I I found out why I get tired after pooping. Beautiful. Or from pooping. Apparently there is an actual reason. This song is going to be over soon, and I don't want to miss that. Why? Is it screams? No. Actually, I'll just let it play on to the next song, which is uh, called London. I'll just let that go. Um, right here it says, according to Healthline.com, why does pooping make me tired? <laughs> Your vagus nerve is involved in key bodily functions, including digestion and regulating your heart rate and blood pressure. Stimulation of the nerve can give you the chills and drop your heart rate and blood pressure enough to cause you to feel lightheaded and super relaxed. Oh, wow. So I literally, it makes sense because I get fucking like lightheaded and tired after shitting. So it literally just has to do with... Your vagus nerve. My vagus nerve. <laughs> uh, this song stuck out to me, by the way. Why do I feel gross after pooping? Because you just pooped. I know that's a question. <laughs> that wasn't my question. I want to get my hands on them. Yeah, this song is uh, unique. I don't know how to explain it. It's got super fuzz going on, including his vocals. Okay. But just like I hear that. I don't know how to explain it. It's just got a weird... Like, it's so happy right here. Where'd you go? I don't want to go to London. I told you I don't care. This would get stuck in my head. I don't want to go to London. And then I'd be like, why don't you want to go to London? He said to live there. Oh, yeah. I don't want to live in London either. I get it, buddy. Because he goes to live there. Living in London sounds miserable. Living in a flat? I No, I like saying flat. I don't think weed is very accessible in the London areas. I don't That's know. True. I don't there are a lot it. of places outside of this kind. Like, we are really kicking it up with a lot of our states legalizing, but a lot of other places in the world aren't necessarily moving as fast as we are. No. Even though there are places who legalized it before us, it's not like because we have so many states jumping on board that they have other countries jumping on board as fast. It's definitely not the case. Like, every time there's a, an election, there are, like, four more states. Usually. It's, like, three to four states who are like, yeah, we're gonna relax on this. We're gonna be smart. Mm-hmm. Instead of Indiana, who has tons of good farmland. Here we go. We're getting some 
drum action. He's like, this is my time to shine, guys. Right there. Especially with all the rain that we get, and that's been huh? kicking up so much. I'm still talking about how Indiana would be a great place to grow weed, oh. and that Indiana needs to buck up. But they don't think that they need the money, because Indiana has money, I guess. Because we're tight. I'm not tight. I'm loose as hell. <laughs> we need to shit a storm. <laughs> Exercise your vagus nerve. That's interesting that my butt has a vagus nerve. Does that mean I have a vagus nerve? I don't know where the vagus nerve is actually located. Does pooping a lot mean you're losing weight? Let's see. There's so many good questions on the internet. Let's see. This also says that you get sleepy after a bowel movement because your body loses nutrients, thus loses energy. But that's not true. You're not pooping out nutrients. You're pooping out waste. Your body absorbs the nutrients. Yeah, but it's not like you're not soaking up those nutrients from your asshole if they're already like getting ready to leave. You absolutely are. Are you? (laughs) No. I didn't. I don't think your body is trying to absorb what's in what's getting ready to leave as waste. Think, yeah, by the time it's in poop form, you're already getting rid of it. It's yeah, not... and your body's not like taking that back in at that yeah, point. No. Your body has already done what it can do. It's already gone through the filtration system. It's already been done, dude. So I don't think that that's true at all. You lose energy because you lose nutrients in your poop. Okay, it's already been done, dude. I don't believe that at all. It's already been done, dude. So I want to know. Where the where is where the vagus nerve, dude? Is the vagus nerve? It's in your butt. Obviously, it's probably like right on the sphincter. One of them sphincters, the one that opens up. Uh, oh, it's it, let's see, it's big. It's the tenth cranial nerve extending from its origin in the brainstem through the neck and the thorax down to the abdomen. So it's, it's like the entire top half of your body. So if you're like sh- pooping and like pushing things out, you're pushing all of like the, those nerves are definitely being affected in your back and in your stomach and everything. Well, that's be why I don't get tired. It just falls out of me. I just open it and goes. And you don't get tired ever after pooping. I get energized after pooping. That doesn't make any sense. I'm ready to take the day after I poop. Well, I'm ready to take the day into a bed with a blanket thrown over top of it (laughs) and sleeping it away. Let's move along to the next song here. We only have a handful of songs left with I Want You. I consider this a low point. And to be quite honest, I would probably I would stop the album at this point. I would not listen to the last four songs. And there are times when listening to this album where I would stop. I got a normal amount of listens of the last few songs, but it's not even at all. I've never enjoyed this back end of this album at all. It's just the Dullard Central. Yeah, they're all slower songs for the most part. They're they're called what I say a million times already. Villa. But it's strange they didn't put it in between the hits because that's what filler usually means front loading the album so much is weird because you're kind of just like it does kind of pull people in for a little bit but if you're not putting other things in between there then you're gonna have people drop off especially at the end when for some reason you just decide to put real any 
any real energy in for the last four fucking tracks. And how many we still have left? Uh, three after this. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, and they're some of the longest songs on the album, the droney ones. There's a little button called Next Song I've heard of. Yeah, there definitely is a button called Next Song. Unfortunately, we are a minute and a half into this song, Sam, so we need to wait a little bit before that happens. I was ready a minute ago. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like any of these songs, personally. I think you'd almost have to just be emotionally connected to what the fuck he's saying. And since I am not... Dullard Central. I also wonder if this is just a part of, like, the concert where what you've been drinking and whatever you've been ingesting has, like, really kicked in. So, Jesus couldn't save. It's, it's like you're supposed to be in a vibe. So you're either in it or not. This has more of, a like, a 311 feel to me. Huh. Oh, which he just yeah, did. Yeah, that's what I meant earlier. Not Incubus, three eleven. I know it. Yeah, but it. But I don't think it's good because I do. I mean, I don't think three eleven is like great, but I enjoy three eleven. Way better than this. But it's way, way, way better. I'd be shocked if they even played this song live ever. Uh yeah. I mean, maybe early on, but I don't know how much touring they're known for doing. Maybe they pull the trick that some bands do where they're like, okay, we got four good songs. We're going to throw in three covers that people fucking love, and then we'll play two duds. Bam, full set. <laughs> the mother made. Yeah, I like girl. how sometimes he gets into this, like, white rapper kind of mode. And you say that I don't want a minute. Yeah, it's just boring. It's like that new song you played. Boring. Oh, yeah, that was really... I would consider this to have more energy than that. Even though he probably feels more connected to the new song. All I've been doing is yawning during this song. <laughs> this is definitely one I would zone out listening to it as well, because I'm always listening to things when I'm working on shit anyway. Yeah. So like a song can easily become background even if it's a good song if it's not a good song it's ultimate background status I never got this before but the background he like twice he was like send me on that side that made that gave me like an oasis feel like I, yeah I, I thought I, you were just singing oasis I felt like this is a very just kind of thrown together you know like filler I get it filler you keep saying that filler 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 but filler! I'm trying to find other ways of saying that. Uh, that bullshit. It, it just, it feels like a lot of ideas that were, it's easy to come up with ideas. It's harder to construct things into nice, well-rounded songs. So sometimes people will just like throw different things in there that maybe they think strengthen it but for me kind of pull me out of it a, a, a little I guess yeah and I also thought of this when you were saying that sometimes a song can be recorded incorrectly like you've heard demos of other songs that were ended up great songs but it's like no the way they recorded it on this time it was not a hit song yeah so like maybe this song just wasn't really ready I don't think this uh, I 
I really feel like it was written very fast. Very fast. It was almost loose. Just Oh yeah, do you 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 make me want you like there's no Yeah, didn't feel like substance. There's no real yeah. Yeah. It's very simple. Let's move along to the next song. We have four or three more songs to get through, and then it's gonna be a drony mess. Next we have the background. Got interesting tones at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I agree, but the song doesn't really take off like you would want it to. Yeah, I want every song to go. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> On a, when it, stuff like this, because I like my alternative. Usually, unless we're talking like Alice in Chains, I prefer my grunge to be grungier. My my rock to be rockier. And oh. this is like Weezer territory right here. Yeah. Like it gets just boring. All this seems like singer-songwriter vibes. He has a really weird effect just... on his voice too. Oh, like an echo. effect sound. Yeah, I don't like it. It seems like these are more singer-songwriter songs. They were written very bare on a guitar. And then it's up to the band now to like fill them out. That's true. When like... Maybe they should have never been filled out or they just did it. In not an interesting way. I just. So I can see a guy writing this song by himself in a fucking and, room. And doing it, him, like performing yeah. it himself. It would almost be even better if it was just a guy and a guitar. And no effects, just. And his voice sounds far away. It's mixed bad to me. And I'm sure that that's what they want. Oh, you're going for that floaty sound. But like the drums and everything sound more in the front than the vocals, and that's unusual. You know, sometimes people have a theory that the more effects you find on vocals, they're there for a reason, and it's not always artistic. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's there to hide some stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I know that they still do stuff, but I think think that a lot of people don't know that they're still around doing stuff because I don't think that they were ever it's like there are aspects that that they're obviously talented but they just never went past that line of like really kicking off and being something and I wonder and assume and kind of guess that it's the lead singer's fault because he doesn't have as it sounds so shitty because I'm not a musician so I don't mean it as bad as it's going to sound I don't know how much he really has to give like some people really do just have like one one album in them yeah yeah and they can't really do much beyond that and they have had they only had really one other album that had any like kind of hits and it was that song that I played like I'll never let you go Oh, okay. I'll never let you go. Never <laughs> let you turn around. You're back on the So, but like, I would say it this way: when you talk about great bands of the '90s, yeah, no one says Third Eye Blind. No one should. Now, if you say what are your favorite songs of the '90s, a Third Eye Blind song might come up. Yes, but, I think that's fair. But you're not going to be like this Dude, album. My favorite bands of the this. '90s. It was like Primus. Uh, Hanson at Third Eye Blind. <laughs> it's an interesting mix, but I really like two of those bands. Yeah, you wouldn't say that Third Eye Blind is one of your favorite bands. You'd say no. I like some of their songs? No, I wouldn't. And I, I like the like the first 
half of this album, essentially. Yeah. They and would make it on a 90s mix, but they wouldn't make it on, like, greatest bands of the 90s list. Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't think so. I feel like I could. I, so. I feel like I could come up with 100 other bands and artists that could go before them. Maybe they're 101, but it, and that's weird because I do enjoy them. I, I like this album, and they're fine. They're doing a good job. Like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's. Yeah, I don't think that they're like a great band. I don't think they have some perspective that's new to offer like you said it's just we can do this thing and we can do it and we just want to play rock and roll like this is just what we are and i don't i just don't think they go outside of that box at all and like they it's probably very, don't want to that's fine yeah because you can just be what you are and I'd actually be done with it as well. I'd yeah. actually rather more people be like that and accept that I'm not some crazy visionary artist and I'm just doing this. And then instead of everyone pretending everyone, like yeah. they have some special have thing that it. you need, yeah, yeah. instead of just being like, this is my contribution. I feel like it was more of this is my contribution growing up. Excuse me. <laughs> Goodness. It's always two. Uh, Versus now it's like, I want to be big. I want a big song. I want to be famous. I want to. I want everyone to know who I am, if only for this one song. Whereas before, it was like, no, this is what I'm doing. This is I'm staying true to it. I felt like it feels like there's there are parts of artistry that are dying in time. Not completely, of course. People are still making things, and unfortunately, everyone is able to make things, so it kind of weakens the batch. It does, but it also strengthens it because the people that wouldn't have had the resources now to make that art can now make that art. Which is something I think is neat because, and this is something that I wanted to bring up to you. It's not even that big of a deal, but I drove past the farmer's market when they were closing things down and I saw this girl who looked like she was like a young high schooler and her dad walking back to their car and they each had a little, like a little potted plant. And she looked alternative. Her dad looked like a typical just dad that you would see around here working at Hill Rom. Yeah. And she had like dyed black hair and it was short and she had kind of like not crazy, but just kind of looked alternative in her clothes and looked had kind of like a 90s look to her. Yeah. And it's we we saw some individuality when we were kids, but it was way fewer and far between because not everyone had the Internet. It was more like. I live in a small town. Like you don't really have that mentality as much with the younger generation because everything is equally available. Well, I don't think I don't know this because we're not in school and I don't know kids and I don't have any kids and I don't take care of any kids. But I feel like that's there's less freaks now. Like, yeah, but if you people dye are your more hair accepting. And you wear like darker clothes. You're not a freak anymore. It's just you're just you. Uh huh. Whereas before, before was your, hey goth, hey freak, hey you, know. hey you weirdo. Yeah. Now it might still be that way. I don't fucking know. Or it might be that way in different ways. Probably it is in different ways, but there does seem to be a more common individual, like acceptance of individuality that I appreciate, even in this little town. And it seems like it's adults, the people that are get, still getting upset at that kind of expression, mm-hmm. are still the people that are our, our age and older. It's like, did the the peers care? And it seems to be like (laughs) it just trickles down from those kind of people. Like, are you more of an open-minded person? Or do you want everything to be how it was when you grew up? When you grew up and then everything just, 
It has to just be traditional and old-fashioned all the time. Like, Which, by the way, when you're growing up, I can show you a whole sub-counterculture that was going on during that, and uh, it's still the same. <laughs> and I think a lot of it trickles down, but obviously, and we've, again, talked about this many times, it's just there's an exposure that a lot of people have more access to. Oh, yeah. Instead of it, this being like my niche thing that I found this way and I can only like listen to it or see it in this way. I have to drive an hour and a half to get it. Yeah, or my aunt has to record a TV show and for me. And bra- yeah, so things like that. I think that's why kids are so good at things now. Like Kids are fucking shredding at age 10 mm-hmm. on skateboards, guitars, ba- anything. I think it's because it's like they have so many resources. I think it's resources, and they also have 90s kids as parents. I think that makes a difference, too. (laughs) Yeah, because you still have that tinge of before the internet was everything. So some of that also trickles down. I don't know. It's all interesting. The world is interesting. Let's get back to things that are less interesting with the song (laughs) Motorcycle Drive-By. This is the kind of music that will lull you to sleep after a nice, relaxing Vagis release. <laughs> Again, this is a guy who wrote singer-songwriter. He did it on a single guitar in his fucking bedroom. And I think that maybe this is... Maybe he would have worked more as this now instead this of trying to be... more interesting than the last song. Like, I know it's still dull, it is because the whole front of the album is pegged to something different. Yeah, it is. So when you literally put like more rock-based songs in the beginning and it's the last chunk of it is singer-songwriter, it makes this stuff seem less than what it maybe would be on its own. Yeah, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. So I don't necessarily think that it's that these songs are bad. They just don't belong on this album with those songs because yeah this is a total also, different groove i also think if they would have just reorganized it if you didn't tell me the first five songs were going to be this way and you told me that maybe you put one of these songs in there twice at the beginning of the album then i'm ready for them then i just know to skip this <laughs> i don't know it's almost easier to just stop oh, listening is, to yeah. the album i mean it helps a person who doesn't like the last of the album i can just stop the album <laughs> And again, it, yeah, it's just so different. The sound is completely different. I wonder what the rest of the band thinks about it. Like when this stuff would happen. In. Were they or were they like, I would rather do the heavy songs. Who knows? Okay. I almost wonder. Because I don't know that they have all the same members anymore. Same drummer still. It is? Yep. Hmm. Maybe they're like longtime friends. Or he just knows he's got a gig. Sometimes it just comes down to I've got the gig. Like I don't think they've been extremely consistent with al- releasing albums and touring and stuff. So it's probably also given time to do other things, yeah. but still be like, but this is also what I do, and Who not knows? let Maybe anything go. Like state fairs and shit. All that stuff pays really fucking well. State fairs. Oh god, you, they people shit on them because they're like, oh, playing the state fair. And it's like, yeah, they're making more money now than they were in the fucking eighties, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this does get a little. Yeah, but it's just I can't explain. It's like bad Foo Fighters. It is like bad Foo Fighters. I can't explain the sound of happiness that like it's trying to sound big and like meaningful. 
Yeah. To me, that is cheesy. And that's I agree. like what all pop songs are now to me. They're trying to sound inspirational and big, and I'm just like, this is so fucking hokey. Stop it. It's because a lot of people aren't okay with just having fun. That's why people like Billie Eilish and people who are, like, really young are singing about really adult things and sound completely adult because everybody wants to, like, be this. Unless you're JoJo Siwa and you're just fine with having, like, glitter and rainbows and bows and everything. And What's her name? Nicki Minaj? She's having fun. She is, but she's also like getting her vagina eaten and stuff, and that's part of what makes her happy. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this by the end of this album, I was out. Well, luckily, I can at least kind of fade it out a little bit, and then uh, we can consider that song done since there's less than a minute left anyway. And let's go ahead with the last song, "God of Wine." Which, again, bleh. <laughs> I wish I had the capability of uh, increasing the playback speed. It's been quite burpy during this podcast. You have. I don't remember this song so far. It's, uh, it's crazy to end the album like It's this. a bore fest. It's an absolute bore fest. Because you cannot, like... You can think it's kind of cheesy, but I guarantee if you are in a restaurant, you or people like you, I'm kind of, like, kind of just, like into metal, you would rather hear a lot of, like, this... The early songs by Third Eye Blind played than, like, Modern Country or something. Yeah. Because it still has that rock and roll sensibility. This is, yeah, I just, I think it's so weird. It's dollar To literally, like, cut the album in half and just be like. It's emotion. It's it's weird. It's melancholy. It's like melancholy in a. Almost like a whiny sounding, like, way. Yes, 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 yes. Like a sissy man? Sissy boy? Yes, 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 yes. And not just being in touch with your emotions, but just being like, God damn it, he's crying again. <laughs> Dude, do something about it or shut up. This right here, I I feel like a boy has been rejected at a school dance and he literally went in the in the like shadows where no one can see him. Like and behind he, the speakers. And he's like crying. Where everyone else is like dancing and they're like lights flashing and it's all like emotional and happy and he's just like, oh, my life is over. I had to wear my retainer tonight. He's a nerd. That's what I'm saying. He's a dweeb. God, the times have changed on nerds, though. That's for sure. Well, now nerds are like just people who are like successful in things. They're successful as a well. Nerd back in the day was like pocket protector and big funny glasses. That's what I'm saying. Shoved into Urkel. He was Urkel. Those nerds grew up and became successful men. They did, but now that nerd doesn't even exist anymore. Now a nerd is just like. Yeah, you're just into something. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I wear glasses, but I also have like a nice shirt. I thought I just meant more like you have a thing that you're obsessed with. So yeah. you're like, like I would have been an in sync nerd, and that's not even a thing. Yeah, metal nerd. Mm-hmm. But not like 
I want a classic goddamn pocket protector nerd wearing suspenders with a shirt tucked in. You're thinking more like Revenge of the Nerds 80s nerd. Yes. That's Ur- Urkel nerd. That's like, yeah, that's not as even as much as of our time. No, but I always wanted one in school. You always wanted one? Yeah. Like your own nerd to talk yeah, to? I wanted to pick on a nerd. I mean, we did have some. They just didn't have that look. But we definitely had those boys who oh. were obsessed with reptiles. Reptiles? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, nerd boys who love reptiles and reading. Right. And they have freckles and mullets when they're kids. <laughs> I'm thinking of one in particular. <laughs> he likes working on cars a lot these days. He's definitely a nerd. He fucking opened up my birthday presents before I could. That son of a bitch. I'll never forgive him for I, that. I think it's funny that you knew who I was talking about. Okay, there's nerds that pop in your head, and two of them are named David. <laughs> yeah, they both have the same Holy initials. Shit, <laughs> I forgot about the other one. Because he, he wasn't around as long. He wasn't, but my God, he was nerdy enough that he filled it up. David, David. <laughs> David? Oh, there was no David. Once again, we're in White Town. <laughs> Southern Indiana, baby. It's. There are things about this area that aren't so bad, like being literally halfway between uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati and Indianapolis is very convenient and nice. For me, living in this area is perfect because so many places are accessible to play shows within like a six to eight hour drive. That's true. We are. If I lived on the West Coast. It'd most shows that because this is a good area for metal and punk and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it is a really good the heartland for me in this area. <laughs> metal area people around here love metal at all anymore. Seems like Ohio and Michigan, like especially the Ohio area, is really big on Ohio. Is really big on in Pennsylvania metal and Trump. Pennsylvania loves Trump. Oh yeah. They definitely do, and I because I ended that song early, we are officially finished with the album. Yeah. Does that make you happy? It's done. It's more, over. More than it's finished. We're just the podcast. <laughs> That's cool. So we are officially to the part of the podcast where it's time to go over some questions. Pew pew pew. Questions for us. Hey, get out of there! Okay, so why did I choose this? Uh, I can say that this is something I was nervous about uh, giving you, but it's something I've always enjoyed. Even though I figured it wouldn't be liked a lot, I still thought that it was worth giving to you because... I don't know. It's just an album that I've listened to in my life. And since I haven't listened to as many albums as you probably have as a whole, since I'm more of a shuffle lady, uh, I think I feel like it's always worth it to give you those albums that I know I've listened to. Um, what did I don't even have these goddamn questions. Here we go. All right. So what do I think you thought before I gave it to you? I, I, I thought that you didn't like Third Eye Blind and you knew that <laughs> and that I I didn't think that you were going to like it pretty much at all. I thought that there might be parts that you would kind of appreciate because, again, it's rooted in rock. It's rock music, essentially, just whatever subgenre you want to call it. But, yeah, I didn't think you were going to necessarily enjoy it or listen to it again. 
or anything like that ever. What was your judgment prior to listening to it? My judgment was I never thought Third Eye Blind was going to be put into this fold. And uh, Well, I've got a lot of folds now, so... My judgment was this can... I, was, I wasn't judging. I was more hoping that it was going to be as good or better than the songs I knew. Like, I was hoping maybe the rest of the album would be more interesting. Okay. Like, that's what I was looking forward to, but I was also scared <laughs> that I could do what I call the drowning pool syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Where, where I bought that album when it came out for the... Bodies? Yeah. Which now I do not like that song, but at the time I was like, yeah, and he's going, Bruh. It was heavy at the time. Yeah, and then you buy the album, and that's the heaviest song. <laughs> I bought the album thinking like, oh, the rest of it's going to be way heavier. It's always the least heavy songs they put on there. Mm-hmm. Not the case. So, Drowning Pool Syndrome. Drowning Pool Syndrome. So, we've had this for a... L- no, it hasn't been longer than a week. I don't know why I've been thinking that. Has it? Didn't we just record? It's been two weeks. <laughs> it has? Yes. Okay, so maybe... All right, so do you know how many times you've listened to this? I listened to it four times. Three originally thinking we were going to get it done that week, and then one to catch back up. Okay. When we actually did record it. I've listened to this quite a bit. I don't have an exact number. I'd probably say around seven or eight, but I did not listen to the album all the way through all of those times. I just realized what third eye blind means. Hmm. It's saying like your third eye is literally blind. Like you're mm-hmm. not opening yourself up. My third eye is blind. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it. I was like, yeah, they're just putting three words together. Yeah, you're a closed-minded <laughs> fool. <laughs> you closed-minded fool didn't understand. I didn't. I was thinking today when we're watching Mike Judge videos and he said Megadeth. Uh-huh. I was like. Megadeth. I was like, yes, Megadeth is a classic metal band and many metal dudes love it, but. The name Megadeth is horrible. <laughs> it's Megadeth. Megadeth. Like if someone came up to me and told me their band name was Megadeth, I'd be like, well, well, good luck. But they're one of the most popular de- or metal bands of all time. Strange. Okay. So Sam's least favorite song. I don't have my oh, mind made up no. for this because I think there are a lot of songs that you don't enjoy. But my guess i'm just gonna go with the song i want you because even though the last three songs aren't that great i want you is kind of more directly like specifically lame i guess so sam what is your actual least favorite is song? that that real weak sauce one? Oh, you do you do you do you do you do you do you yeah do, no that do. song sucks you make me want you yeah we'll choose that one you there, will it could have been any of the last four honestly so just whatever out of the last four is the most well, lame. This was the, yeah, the first of the last four. Then, yeah. So. Uh, then we'll definitely consider this the answer because it's the start of the town. Okay, that's fair. For me. What's your, well, I get to guess, right? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, uh, I want you. I think that that's pretty accurate because that's when I would typically, I would end the album there. So I've not even heard the last three songs enough to hate them as much. I'm more familiar with how much I hate the song I Want You because that's where I'm just always like, I'm over it and stop it. (laughs) It's the signifier. It makes you go, ah. Yeah. So it's always stuck with me as being not great. Um, Sam's most favorite song. This, I wasn't going to be sure at all until you mentioned something when we were actually listening to it. So my guess 
is graduate. Yeah, I just figured it out, and you're right. It is graduate. It is graduate. Let me go ahead. Of. Oh, that was what you meant. No, right at the very beginning. What is the song? What comes in? It's got the cool little tap thing that's going on. The bass sounds very good right here. Get up, graduate. Okay, and then uh, my favorite song? Do you know what that is? I have no idea, but I'm going to take a guess anyway. I'm going to say it's Semi Charmed Life. <laughs> Ooh, this is honestly not something that I necessarily have. A sure fire. This song is 100% my favorite, but I'm actually more in the boat of graduate because I've always thought that it, it's kind of the song that I wish the album sounded more like. Yeah, me too. This is the vibe that I enjoy. That, not, not that. <laughs> Third Eye Blind the most. Yeah. By the way, that happened many times when I would search this album to listen to it again. I'd start typing Matchbox 20. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. And I don't do it on purpose. It's just like when I say uh, TLC for salt and pepper. I thought that was on purpose. Every once in a while is, but for the most part, it's literally just me old manning it. (laughs) Like earlier when I said Johnny Paycheck. Instead of whatever that guy's name from whatever Survivor. Survivor is. What is that guy's name? I don't know. According to Travis, you said I looked like him when I put that blonde wig on. And I never Johnny Fairplay. Johnny Fairplay. Oh, my God. You don't look like him. I can see what he's saying, though. When I, it's, when I, it's when Jerry Tough Knuckle came out. Ah. Uh, Jerry Rocket Launch, sorry. <laughs> from Tough Knuckle. Okay, so how old was I when I first started listening to this? High school? Around that time, uh, how did I originally feel about it? I liked it more than I thought I would. Uh, Surprised you. Yeah. Because, again, I didn't necessarily think that the songs that I knew were bad. I just never thought that it was enough to really push me in that direction, I guess, until I actually listened to it. And then I was like, okay, a lot more of these songs. Because it, it turns out that a lot of the songs that I like are songs that also weren't released. Like, I like the other, every other song as well. Yeah. That, you know, other songs that they put but weren't in those last four. Um, would I recommend this today? Not necessarily. I'd be like, hey, you know that band Third Eye Blind from 24 years ago? They're great. Check them out. I wouldn't say that. I think you would say, hey, you know that band Third Eye Blind? You've heard most of their good songs. You're doing fine. I would just be like, <laughs> but I do like Semi Charm Life more than maybe I even did then now. I just appreciate it more the older I get for whatever fucking reason. And that also just feels really of the time. Doesn't it also help that you don't actually ever listen to the radio? So for you, it's not like uh, drilled into your head by this point? Yeah, and it was a song that I heard a lot. And maybe that's why it also didn't stick as hard in the beginning. But yeah, I just wasn't really sure about it. Maybe it was just, I don't know. 
Maybe it really was just being recommended by someone that made me have more interest in it than I ever thought. Like oh, I needed this person likes it, okay. or, or I literally needed someone to like be like, no, it's not as bad as you probably think it is. Um, so I would not recommend it, Sam. I'm gonna go ahead and say I know you would never listen to this again. Nope. But rating it zero out of ten, Oliver the Rock and Roll Cats. Where does it fall for you? Let me give it like a four. Four Rock and Roll Cats. Okay. That's fair. I would probably give it just a five right in the middle. Gotcha. Nothing spectacular, but I think it's enjoyable to listen to. It's not terrible. There are way worse things that you could listen to than a chunk of these songs. So, meh. 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 Uh, Describe this album in one word, Sam. Do you have a word that you can think of for this album? Uh... Malaise. Okay. It's just because it's just like a, it's just, it's just kind of even. The whole album's just kind of even. It's just a malaise. Okay. <laughs> I am going to say adolescence. I feel like a lot of the things that are, I feel like he's writing about the past and a lot of these. So, adolescence. That makes sense to me. All right. So we're finished with the questions. Next week is an episode that we've already actually recorded. But, yeah, we did. But we have uh, Rhymebag returning. Yes, he is. Kirk Gibbons himself. Yes, and no relation to ZZ Top. Billy Gibbons is the man's name. Mm-hmm. The beautiful, beautiful, still alive man. But instead of that, we have Kirk next week, <laughs> and we will be listening to Cocktails by Too, Too Short. short. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much about it with that. That's uh, the podcast. We're done. We are finished. You can turn it off now. And we'll, go back to your day. We're going to get out of here. Make a lasagna. I haven't made one of those in a Don't while. Don't get enough sauce, so you have to go back to the store and buy more sauce. That's why you should be prepared. Some people don't even buy it. They just make it. Some people are crazy. (laughs) I like fresh food. Thanks for listening, everyone. (laughs) Bye. I'm leaving. (laughs) I like fresh food. Bye. (laughs) As long as that's chicken and potato based. Mm, Bye. (laughs) 